Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SoundCloud to get it automatically. You can catch the show on the Stitcher app as well. Like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. Email me at Josh at MyFirstSketch.com and follow me on Twitter at MyFirstSketch. Today's guest is James Knight, currently a member of American Express and Tiny Arson. His first sketch is called Dr. Cheese. James reads the roles of Alex and Dr. Cheese, and I read Lorian and Man, as well as give you any visual information you need to know. So let's go to the sketch. Dr. Cheese. Sandwich maker and former medical doctor, Dr. Cheese is seen working behind the deli counter taking orders and prepping sandwiches. Friends, Lorian and Alex, are standing in line awaiting their turn to place an order. So that's him? Huh? What? The guy behind the counter wearing the white lab coat. Dr. Cheese, right? Oh, yeah. You know, he used to be a doctor for real. Kind of crazy that he owns a deli now, you know? They must not like making money or something. I mean, is, is that is the stethoscope and wall full of surgical tools really necessary? He's only making sandwiches. <laughs> Lorian notices the line and indicates it's Alex's turn to order. Heads up, you're next. Um, Let me get an Italian... No peppers or, or pickles, light mayo, oil, and um, uh, provolone. Say, um, if I can ask, what happened? I mean, how did you go from being a doctor to, well, this? The lights dim, spotlight on the doctor. The opening theme to the 90s TV show ER begins to play. Dr. Cheese stares straight ahead, emotionless, delivering a monologue as the music continues. It's 5.46 in the morning, the crack of dawn. Still yawning, you wipe the cold from your barely open eyes, only to get a panicked phone call from the ER. There's been a multi-car pileup on the interstate in three, hell, maybe even four lives are in the balance, and you've got a team full of incompetent baby-faced residents and the families of those victims all looking at you as their savior. You're buried up to your elbows in shredded parts of anatomy that you had no idea existed. Maybe they live, maybe they die. Either way, it's all in your hands. You couldn't possibly understand that type of pressure, kid. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I guess that's it for my order then. <laughs> Alex moves to the side. Next. All right, what do you have on? Yes, doctor. I'm thinking a turkey, lettuce, tomato, onion, mayo, and... Cheese. You'll have cheese. I recommend the provolone. Oh, God, no. Provolone? Gross. Lights dim, spotlight. ER theme plays again. Dr. Cheese again stands, stares straight ahead as the music plays. Have you ever seen the inside of a wheel of provolone? Huh? I bet you haven't. You know... I used to be just like you, you little know-it-all snot-nosed punk, too good to try anything different. 
Well, newsflash, kid. These cheeses sweat just like the rest of us. And I'll tell you something else. When you walk inside my deli, you treat all cheeses with respect and equality. You got me? Uh, I'm terribly sorry. I'm, ter- I'm terribly sorry, doctor. Please accept my apologies. You. What does that sign say behind me? Read it out loud. Uh, um, it, it says coexist like the bumper sticker, except the letters are made out of various cheeses instead of religious symbols. That's right. In here, we live and die by that. Provolone is fine, huh, doctor? Uh, my sandwich is in your hands. Lorian steps away from the counter, defeated, and moments later, a man and pregnant woman frantically rush through the deli doors. <laughs> Please, please, my wife is in labor. Can anyone help? The ER theme interrupts once again. Dr. Cheese steps out from behind the counter, putting on a brand new hairnet and deli gloves. The husband and the doctor begin to help the the woman sit down. Dr. Cheese moves to position himself at the feet of the woman given birth. How far apart are the contractions? Every 10 seconds. Heart rate? Steady. Systolic and diastolic normal. Everyone pauses and looks towards the man in reaction to his surprisingly clinical answers. Sir, how did you know that? I heard it on Scrubs. It's the one show Netflix never seems to remove and... The man needs something I can see the head. Breathe with me, man. Breathe with me. The woman screams. Uh, The lights fade to black while both characters are screaming. Lights back up. Dr. Cheese is holding a wheel of cheese wrapped in a blanket. Everyone is circled around the mother and her cheese baby. Congratulations. You've got yourself a healthy baby problem. Aww. What a miracle. What do you say, everyone? Let's slice this newborn up and make some celebration sandwiches. (laughs) And blackout. Hey, James. Hey. All right. Tell me about the sketch. Tell me about Dr. Cheese. Oh, boy. Uh, Dr. Cheese uh, is the result of me one night really thinking that some like somebody giving birth to a wheel of cheese was funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I wish it were deeper. just that was the image that was in your head that yeah just that simple yeah i was like oh man i gave birth to a wheel of cheese and then because it's cheese uh everyone ate it (laughs) uh and the you sent me the file that the pdf file and it says it was a sketch 101 so i'm assuming you were it for class at that philly improv theater yes yeah uh who was the instructor for that class uh, my sketch one on one instructor was Jolie Darrow. Did you like what came like? Because I know you also do improv and everything. I do, yeah. What came first for you? Was it improv or sketch? Um, or the pursuit think, of? Technically, the pursuit of sketch came first. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah. So before I even got into comedy, um, I was uh, living with uh about three yeah three roommates in Delaware moments in Delaware and we uh decided that we would make uh these sketch videos with these puppets that we bought from uh 
uh, Barnes and Noble. And um, those technically were like the first sketches I did, but there's no scripts to those because we all just did them on the fly. And they were like, they were God awful. Um, Do these videos exist? Yeah, they do. Are they online? Yes, they are. (laughs) Huh. Okay. Yeah, I mean, feel free to look. I I can I can send you the link here. (laughs) I was about to say, give me a a code word to search and let me go digging. Yeah, yeah, for (laughs) sure. Um, They're they're not not funny. It's just that there's like a you know there's a, a clear a clear line like oh these. These people are just insane. Um, <laughs> but um, that was like the first, my first kind of like dive into trying to figure out what sketch was or trying to make sketch. Cause like I had seen it and watched it for, you know, forever, but like trying to make it is a whole different monster. Okay. So uh, what was your uh, comedy fandom growing up? Like I've been asking people like what their earliest memory of comedy was. Mm. Um, and I kind of like that. So what was your earliest memory of comedy? Man, my earliest memory, <laughs> the earliest memory of comedy I think I have is Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> All right, that's great. We love, uh, we love Pee Wee. Yeah, man. Like he, uh, that. Yeah, I think that was the the earliest one. And I, I not too long ago. Well, I mean, it was longer, like maybe ten years ago. They, like when Fye was closing, um, I bought every episode like every season of peewee's playhouse on dvd uh and i did rewatch them all and you know what they're still not bad <laughs> still not bad i mean there's a lot more adult jokes in there than i remember but <laughs> yeah i think I, I think i have like the first two seasons on dvd and for whatever reason amazon keeps trying to dick me over with the price of the second two like hmm. So I, I do need to go find some store that has like clearance sales or a used DVD shop or something. Cause like the prices are outrageous now. Cause I think they, he recently re released everything on Blu-ray and everything like the prices just went like skyrocketed again that I'm not willing to pay yet. <laughs> I remember finding like the Christmas special in a like five below mm-hmm. and then going home and watching I'm like, Oh, this is weird. This is weirder it's, than I remember. It's very weird. Because I definitely had all the toys growing up too. Like I, I have. I'm sure my parents' basement. Like they still have my parent, my Pee Wee's Playhouse set. <laughs> I didn't have that. I was. I, I remember that and being like, man, I wonder. I hope one of my friends has that because my parents would not <laughs> give me that. <laughs> and then, how did your comedy fandom evolve? Like, what were you into growing up? What else? What else came across your path? Oh man, like everything from. Everything from like my grandfather introducing me to like Richard Pryor albums when he wasn't technically supposed yeah, to. That's a um, <laughs> how how old are you there? Uh, I maybe was maybe was like nine or ten. Oh geez, yeah. So that I got exposed to that early. That and that and Clerks. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a random one too for an early yeah like i mean i'm i don't remember when clerks came out it was like i probably was a little older than 10 when that came out um i think i don't remember when clerks exactly came out but i remember those uh, things clerks would have been like 93 94 ish i think yeah so i was around like 10 or 11 okay 
and like my yeah, my uncle introduced me to Clerks, and then like I had I had already been kind of like into like other sketch comedies, like earlier sketch comedy shows, like uh, uh, what do you call that? Um, and Live in Color, mm-hmm. and uh, my parents were like on top of me about that. They were really like, you can watch like some sketches, but not all of them because some, and admittedly, some of them don't hold up today like some of them are, are very like oh shit like you can't make those kind of jokes anymore <laughs> yeah i remember um i forget which channel it was like but they recently like like four or five years ago they reintroduced into the um syndication and something started like fx or start airing them again and i watched i was like oh this is what was happening when I was a kid. I don't. I didn't remember any of this because, like, my my main memory was like, uh, Men on Film, the you know, Snap Snap and a Head Bob or whatever it was, and Fire Marshal Bill. <laughs> like, so I I was really confused about what I was seeing. Like, yeah, because there was like, there was literally a character called Handyman. Yes. And oh yeah, uh, like, Damon Wayne's. Yeah, yeah, and it was like. Why did we laugh at this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that's a thing. That uh, looking back sometimes is not a good idea. <laughs> but if we know things considered, like it was still like a good show, and like it kind of definitely in hindsight shaped a lot of. Oh, it's very important, like historically, for sure. Absolutely, oh. like can't take that away. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's kind of like my earliest, but yeah. Uh, and Living Color, Kevin Smith movies, and Richard Pryor albums. <laughs> yeah, I, I just can't imagine a, a nine-year-old or a ten-year-old enjoying Clerks. It's so like, why well, oh, I didn't know what to do? Honestly, so I guess. it's so different than anything else. Like, I just remember <laughs> wanting pretty colors and everything. <laughs> At nine or ten, <laughs> a black and white movie would not have held my interest. I don't know that it did. I just. I just <laughs> I just remember, um, I just remember like a lot of the things that my uncle, who was watching it with me, laughed at, were like uh, like the fucked up parts of it, like you know, like that the the guy dying on the toilet, uh, yeah, like jerking off like that. That's what I remember. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I didn't really know how to process it, but I was like, oh, he thinks that's funny, interesting. Okay. Yeah. It- <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess when you're not getting the joke, it's all, it's interesting to see what jokes people do get when they're like, you know, that experience as a child of like, why does he think that's funny? That's I don't under I don't get that. <laughs> uh, so I ask everybody uh, just for my own database and edification. Uh, do you have a favorite Center Life cast member? Ooh, of all time. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Um, yes, I do. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to give a name no matter what. So, yeah, uh, is just one. You uh, uh, you can say a big one and like one A, one B. Okay, 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 okay. Um, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go uh, old and new. Um, old, new. I'm gonna uh, new probably Keenan Thompson. Mm. Even though he's not new, he's just you know current. Yeah, current. Yeah, because um, he, he's like 
he's just been quietly being hilarious for like forever. Um, yeah, um, he's. Um, I mean, the fact that he's been on the show for a third of its existence mm-hmm. is is insane to me. Like that's that's crazy. Like the show's been around that long, and he's there. He's been there for a third of it. Yeah, and no one like, else can say that. Whoa. Of the cast, at least, because <laughs> there's some Lord writers Mike. that have been there forever. Or, uh, yeah, um, and like, uh, he also he breaks one of my rules that I there's something I have a pet peeve about comedy about of reaction shots. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of reaction shots, but for whatever reason, he's okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm I'm totally cool with Keenan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I lo- uh, uh, yeah I love his that's one of the things I do love about him too like he just, <laughs> he's, just, he's just chuckling and just making making a dumb face like it's the face that we're all internally making too yeah <laughs> like the uh, uh, the barfly sketch that um, uh, Kate McKinnon does yeah. Half, yeah. Of, <laughs> half of the funny of that is his reaction because it's not just the reaction. There's always something to it. <laughs> oh, he's so lovable. Oh, man. Yeah, Keenan Thompson is my, probably my current favorite. And then your old, and all- old all-time one? It's it's a, it's tough because you gotta, I got to sit here and decide between Eddie Murphy and uh, Chris Farley. <sighs> like It's tough. We can do pros and but- cons of each. Sure, <laughs> I'm perfectly okay um, with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, all right with I'm all right with that. Yeah, let's let's, let's do that. Um, let me see. The I'd say like a the pro of Chris Farley is just just how much he puts into everything he does. Just how much of his like just his whole existence he just puts into every character and every it just everything he does on stage. It's just like. You just immediately just eyes right to him, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that. You like that's undeniable. Like that. Like I always go to that. Um, the Chippendale sketch It's like he's standing next to um, what's the guy with the the hair? Uh, Swayze. Yeah, yeah. He's standing next to him, and like, up for all intents and purposes, you're thinking you're supposed to go like direct your eyes to him. It's like, nope. Farley, right here, shirt off. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, it's stunning, handsome, physical specimen of, of Patrick Swayze. But then there's Chris Farley next to him, and, and Chris Farley definitely brings your eye. Um, cons, I, th- I would say that, I don't know, this, this might sound a little uh, elitist, but like, maybe, maybe, maybe like every character he did was almost kind of the same. <laughs> that loud yeah that's fine yeah like it wasn't not funny but it was just like oh okay like i, I this is this is just you in this scenario yeah, like, it was he, like he did a lot of like loud and loud and screamy or totally quiet and awkward mm-hmm. i can't remember too much in between right exactly now, hmm, Eddie Murphy. I mean, the the, con, the pros are are endless. I mean, he's just again, he has great presence. 
his character work is just silly. Like from James Brown to uh, Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. Um, like it's just, I don't know, it's just like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know if I romanticize it because of when I, when I, when I uh, think I'm leading into the cons here. I, by <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm romanticizing it because of just the lore of Eddie Murphy back. Cause it was like, it was kind of like a, like a meteorite or something. Like it just happened and it was great, but it was real. It wasn't that long. Um, no, I think he only was on the show for like full time for like three years, maybe. Yeah. Two and a half, three, something like that. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know if I that that's the thing I always wonder because like when you go back and you watch like Raw or Delirious, they're still funny, but again, like ugh, a lot of stuff doesn't yeah. hold up. Yep. I, um, I, I forget which one of those, but there's one that has a, a track name that's very uh, mm-hmm. not okay. Indeed. <laughs> a, a solid chunk of that show is uh, not up to our current standards anymore. <laughs> Whoa, not at all and it's like i wonder sometimes like man did you do we just romanticize it because it's old and it's like oh man this is the thing that we remember when but you know i he still can't deny that he's funny like he's fucking hilarious um yeah. and i think uh if you watch like the historical stuff like the documentaries that they've made about the show over time like eddie murphy saved snl like that first season after Lauren left, like that, that, I guess it's like 80, 81, or I think he comes mm-hmm. in and he's the, the, the shining star, like, mm-hmm. and, and he's, I mean, it has to be said that he's the first real, uh, African-American star of the show. Like Garrett was, Garrett Morris was there for the first five years, but he was kind of like a bit, like, kind of like here and there, like, yeah, Garrett Morris, like he had a couple of characters, but he's even said that no one knew what to do with him. So he just kind of was there. Mm-hmm. So like Garrett yeah. Morris, Garrett Morris was like hilarious in his own right too. Like, and that's a shame that that happened to him like during that time because he he's very funny. Yeah, like, and he's been around forever. Like, popping up on sitcoms and <laughs> and I think he's like a trained like opera singer too. Like, that's that's insane to me too. That's awesome. Go I wouldn't it. be surprised. I remember I was I was. Like years ago, when I guess what was it, two two broke girls or something, I just happened to come across it, and then I saw Garrett Morris. I was like, Garrett Morris, good for you. Yeah, there's a part of me that's like, all right, get that paycheck, do it. Like, <laughs> and he's in his like mid seventies or like early eighties at this point, so you know, go for it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um. All right. So where do you get to the point of uh, hanging out with your roommates in Delaware and wanting to make videos with puppets? Mm. Well, uh, the the story goes. Uh, well, we got the puppets at Barnes and Noble. My, my other one of my roommates was selling a uh, MacBook Pro, and he wanted like some company just in case things went, you know, weird or whatever. So uh, we were there. We found these. We were bored. We were waiting for this guy. He was late, and we found these puppets. So we started going around the store, like messing with each other with these puppets. And we noticed people were laughing at us. So then we started kind of like going around and messing with, you know, people as we were going. And like, it, it didn't really turn people off. Like no one was really annoyed by us. So I was like, Oh, this is neat. Maybe we should buy these. Um, 
And that turned into, oh, yeah, you know, we have a camera. Maybe we could do something about this. And my other roommate was uh, just getting into uh, editing, uh, video editing. And he uh, had, like, uh, all these ideas. Like, oh, he's like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll buy these uh this green cloth and we can make a green screen downstairs in the basement. And I just, I'll buy these mics and he had like all this stuff and he like, he had all the, all the equipment. So I was like, why not? Let's just, let's just try to try to make something and see what happens. And, um, did you, all, yeah. did you all have a film background? Cause like the foresight of knowing to buy the green screen is pretty stunning to me. <laughs> no, like honestly, not really. Like we had, other the only we only had one thing we had all at some uh, maybe a year before a year or two before that um, made uh, very uh, very weird sad short film um, but other than other than that like even then we didn't really know what we were doing mm-hmm. um, yeah but not no real background like no one went to school for it no one no one bought any books we kind of just searched searched you know did some google searches and like oh, okay we'll use this camera we can afford that oh, okay well, these are some mics all right cool that's wild that's awesome <laughs> uh so how, then how do you get into uh going from like just as a hobby with your buddies to finding about finding out about philly improv theater and taking classes there that um that happened um, over the course of, of the first year, and we made about like three video sketches um, that are up on the internet, and uh, I did. I thought that there could have been something clicked in my head, maybe because I had been such a like a, a student uh, of, of sketch comedy just through watching it over the years, and, and no one else really was out of my roommates, I, I kind of knew like, hold on, like there's, this could be better. I was like, I don't, but I don't, I want to, I want to figure out how to make this better. And then I didn't, that's really where it ended in my brain. Cause I was like, I don't know how to make it better. I guess, uh, I don't know. I guess I'll just watch more, more SNL or something. <laughs> okay. or I don't know. So I didn't really know. Um, and no one else had any interest in going any further. They kind of were just like, cause we all at the, at the time were, you know, stoned in the in their basement, just like, huh? Wouldn't this be funny? <laughs> and I kind of wanted to go beyond that, and they they were kind of cool doing that. And that's fine, like they were just cool doing that. So, um, I I'd, during that time period, I'd met my current girlfriend, um, who had the uh, the foresight to be like, you know, there's schools to, to tell me, like, you know, there's schools for this. And I was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean, like? like clown schools what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know and she was like no 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 so it's like there's schools that like teach you like forms of comedy and stuff like that like improv or, so, or something and i was like huh well i mean i know that there's like i was familiar with like the, the upright citizens brigade and like the groundlings but i never it never clicked to me that they were schools it i was like oh i just know that famous people came from there um, and she was like, no, 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 those are schools. I was like, yeah, but that's in LA and New York and we're over here in fucking Delaware. So like, I don't know. And she was like, no. And she just did like a little search. And she was like, look, there's one in Philly. 
And I was like, uh, what? She was like, yeah, here you go. I'll pay for your first class. What? You're welcome. Yeah. Like, is that like a like, birthday like, Christmas present gonna... thing? Huh? Is that like a birthday Christmas present kind of thing? No, no, she's just I mean, honestly, she's just like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let you talk yourself out of this one. Like you seem really passionate about it, so go for, go do it. Hello, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah so that's her. And I took an improv class first, and I, you know, took that one improv class, and then I, I drank the Kool Aid, and then, <laughs> uh, and then like I got back in the, I got in the sketch once I, uh, you know, improv class. Who was your one on one? Uh, my one-on-one was a guy by the name of Bobby Lang. Yeah, from Swedish, and he's moved to Las Vegas for school. And Yep. Okay. Uh, yep, that's it. Like, when people ask me, like, at the theater now, because, like, I've kind of been there for a little bit, and, like, newer improvisers, you know, they're just talking. They're like, oh, who would you have for one-on-one? I'm like, Bobby Lang. And they're like, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it's really funny. Like, like <laughs> Bobby Lang's really, Bobby's really funny. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and then you do Sketch with Jolie. Mm-hmm. Do you do any more improv classes? Oh, yeah. I went through the whole the whole thing. All right. 201. 201. Uh, 201, I had Just Snow. Three? Uh, 301, Kristen Shear. Four? 401, Mike Marbach. Did you do Conservatory? I did. Kristen Shear. With which, uh, what was the gimmick of that Conservatory? It was that conservatory was uh, it was we did we did like the 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 form the improv form of uh, the party but um, with movie genres if that makes sense so like we would start out the show with a tri- like it would be like two persons like really like man like 10, 15 second scenes of uh, like movie trailers. And then we would uh, we would each pick a genre uh, ahead of time, and we would do the trailer, and then we would uh, do like a couple scenes from that movie, um, and then like that would be like the first beats of the uh, of the show, and then the second beats would kind of be like, all right, I'm going to take this character from this western, and then I'm going to take this character from this Batman movie, and put them together and see what the fuck happens. And okay. then at the end, we would all kind of mash up into one party or one movie and then see what came of it. Okay. So instead of creating, like, you're you're creating characters, but you're using, like, movie genres as the basis, the basis for that character. Yes. Okay. Okay, that's fun. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a huge improv dude mm. by any stretch of the imagination, but, like... The conservatory classes always sound infinitely better to me than just seeing a straight improv show. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I love the idea of like a a deeper dive and creating something more. Like, that's just I don't know. I'm a I'm a sketch snob, and I think those conservatory classes kind of like tiptoe towards sketch. Yeah. More like for my liking. Yeah. It definitely. Uh, um, so, uh, I don't know what's first for you getting on to like doing things more regularly, but let's talk about American Express. Ooh, yes. Um, and I, I've, I've said this to all the people that I've talked to from American Express. I don't, I, I believe it starts with uh, David Danella bringing together a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a all person of color 
collective mm-hmm. and i think i'm gonna call it a collective because I, I feel like it is more a collective than it is a permanent group because i feel like there's a lot of like um flow between cast members and writers and people like i feel like when you're doing an improv show whoever's available can can hang out like yeah is that, is that accurate or am i just projecting no that's a, that's that's pretty accurate i mean more 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 recently maybe in the past year it's it's kind of become more of like okay these are our members but overall yes it's 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 more of a collective than anything and so where do you get introduced to the american express family mm, uh well yeah you're right david Danella. he did uh this was his him and his sister uh they they started it um and uh i don't know who the i don't know who was in it to begin with i know those two i think corn wells um and some other folks i don't know but i i get introduced pretty pretty shortly after i found out about them um i just got an email from David asking like myself and a couple of other uh, improvisers if we wanted to be involved. I'm like, sure. Mm-hmm. You know? Hell yeah. Like it wasn't much going on by way of uh, you know other teams of Yeah, because I think my my major introduction to American Express is just hearing that you that you all just like pretty much swept a season of verses. <laughs> which is the uh, improv competition show at fit that does like a, t- a 13 week cycle every few months or so like yeah we kind of like yeah we kind of we, we low-key did that yeah we, <laughs> <laughs> we did kind of see but not to not to sound like an asshole but yeah we did like and it kind of didn't we kind of didn't even realize it until the end of it we're like oh shit oh <laughs> uh, how does american express transition into start doing more sketch work that was that was because we we were as a when you win versus well I don't know if it does they do it anymore but at the time when you won versus they offered you the theater uh, Philly Improv Theater offered you a run of shows and we used that run of shows to kind of do more than just improv I kind of all sat down and said like yeah we could do improv we've been also doing we've also been doing improv for you know these you know this whole competition so we kind of want to we can still do it but you know maybe let's try some other things so uh, a couple of us met up who were interested in writing sketches and wrote some sketches and tried them out uh before our improv sets we do like one or two um (laughs) they were they were they were okay they were okay received but then we were like okay we have something here so Let's uh let's try to let's try to work them out and get better. Yeah, like do you and do you all do uh like do you improv to write or mm. or is it someone going off into a room by themselves and like Sometimes. Sometimes we do. Most of the time it's just uh we'll we'll know that we're meeting together at on a certain date and we'll just bring something. And we'll all kind of just like we'll read it at the table and we'll workshop ideas and kind of just like no ego, just like just work through it and see and, and see if we can build on something or, or you know take away some things. Just 
kind of make each other better during the process. But like more recently, we have been kind of like there's a there's a sketch in our upcoming friend show that uh, we kind of, we a couple of us improved uh, and we're like, hold on, we should write this down. This is funny. And <laughs> that's what I want to hear. I always want to hear like improv groups like, hold on, let's write this down like that. That to me warms my heart. Like I always like and it, it's completely on tenable at times where like i i wish improv teams that want to do more things and like do sketch comedy like there's always someone that sits and like takes notes or like you watch back like the game footage and yeah like i i'd love hearing that so yay warms my heart yeah there was Uh, there's there's a because it's a thing like you notice when you're especially if like the team you're with is uh, are also your friends you 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 do bits together. You're just doing goofy bits to make each other laugh. And if you're paying attention, like a lot of that stuff, there's a reason why you all are laughing at it because it's funny that you just pay attention. You'd be like, Oh, hold on. Maybe I could write something that maybe I write some of this and, you know, we could present it. It's, it, it's a thing that you're not really thinking about because you're normally, because you're like, you're just hanging out with your friends and stuff, but like there's gold in there. If you can kind of, you know, mind for it and pay attention. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm, I feel I know I'm missing something. Or, or let's talk about this before because I think you you are part of the the writing team for. Uh, and I don't know if if we're looking at the next one coming up soon or not. But like uh, PCW, the Philly Comedy Wrestling Show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Where where do you get into that? Where do you uh, get? Because uh, I, I don't even know your character's name. You just showed up and. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah, that's deacon Pillbody, man he's uh okay. he's, uh, he's a, i knew it was a re- i knew there was some kind of religious aspect to it i just couldn't remember <laughs> he's a he's a deacon who sells uh performance enhancing drugs to all the wrestlers um but yeah that that was just something that uh it was it was headed by uh it is headed by uh joe tuzzi and um drew clemens it was there kind of like their their idea um and they brought a lot of us in to to write because we uh we all are would meet up at, at joe's house to watch wrestling um and he just said well all these all these dudes that i know that love wrestling like you know just, let's write a wrestling show together <laughs> yeah I, and like uh one of the one of the things i did uh in my first go around as a comedy writer was uh fit had a fringe show in 2011 2012 a pro wrestling comedy show and i was a writer on the 2012 one the intersect the intersection of comedy and wrestling is always there like oh yeah a lot of wrestlers want to be comedians a lot of comedians wouldn't mind being wrestling if it didn't take so much physical abuse to your body like (laughs) same thing with comedy and rock star same thing with rock like there's so much overlap in everything yep um here, like I remember, I used to before comedy. I used to be, I used to uh, be a photographer, and I, I talked my way into being the photographer for this independent wrestling company. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, and uh, what were they called? Um, Eastern Championship, ECWA. Um, oh yeah, the, the, okay, yeah. So yeah, and I, I, I don't, I just, I just sent out a couple emails and talked my way into it, and um, yeah, I took a, I took a body slam. And a couple chops, and I was like, I don't like this. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna be a fan. <laughs> uh, 
so if I look up stuff about like and you know I'm gonna I've talked about my wrestling fandom before but like so if I look up stuff about the Super 8 I'm gonna find your photography from years ago at maybe on their website I don't know what their website looks like anymore but like um, I do have an archive of like people who are who are kind of famous and that like I have pictures of Adam Cole before he was anybody. Mm. I have pictures of Tommaso Ciampa before anybody gave a shit about him. Um, yeah, because ECWA, like, if I remember correctly, because I've never seen a live show, but like they had that yearly tournament, and for a long time it was like the who's who, the next generation of big names are coming up. Like they were really good about that for a while. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um. Okay, so uh, and then the other, uh, your new project that I know for sure for fit, I mean for sketch, uh, you're one of the new writers for uh, Tiny Arson. Yeah, yeah. With Tiny Arson, what the differences of the writers' rooms between Tiny Arson and American Express? Like, is there an approach? Is, is there a difference in approach? Um. Yeah, yeah, there is that. The reason why I, the main reason why I, uh, I submitted to be a writer there with Tiny Arson uh, was because I felt with American Express, like, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to be like really, like self, self-aggrandizing, but it felt like cheating a little bit. Like I'm like I know all these people, I've known them forever, like we have a great rapport. Like it's just very easy to do good stuff with them, and I was like, and 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 I in the future would like to make a career out of comedy writing. So I was like, if I want to do that, and I have to be able to get into a room with people I have not maybe nothing in common with other than comedy, and and and, and make something, and that's that's the main reason why I I, I submitted and and. and I'm working with Tiny Arson now because I wanted to be, I wanted to see if I could actually get into a room with people who I generally don't have anything in common with other than being funny and, and seeing if I can make something. If I can do it here, then chances are I can make a career out of it at some point. <laughs> you know? uh, how has that experience of the first three months of being a part of Tiny Arson changed your perspective? Oh, it's, it's, it's great. Like I, I went in there a little, I went in there a little rough. If I'm going to be honest, I went in there a little rough. Um, I, I went in there writing, uh, differently because I, at the time, well, no, not even, even still, like I'm, I'm still the only black writer on the team. And, uh, I was, I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't feel 100% comfortable writing in the way that I write with American Express. It's a, it's a different voice. Like most of my characters are black or 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 some sort of eth- a non-white voice that what I write my characters in. Um, so I went in there kind of like, okay, well let me let me write something so I'm not going to make anybody feel uncomfortable with reading for one of these characters and the couple times I did that um the sketches like the sketches bombed at the table like they were shit and they didn't really get any uh 
get any reaction. And it was like, well, you know, just kind of, you know, notes, 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 and maybe do this, maybe do that. But you could tell, like, the reaction in the room, like, nobody was laughing. I was just like, okay, well, all right. So I remember talking to uh, one of my American Express uh, teammates, Marsley, uh, Marsley Jean-Pierre, another writer. And I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, you know, make it on this team. I don't know. I don't feel like a thing. And he asked me why. And I told him, like, I'm not really, I don't feel comfortable writing how I, just how I write because I'm the only black guy there. And he was just like, can I try it? See what happens. And I I did that. And sure enough, it got a better reaction. So I was like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to write. I'm just going to be me, be who I am, write how I write. And we'll sort everything out when we have to sort everything out. And the, the one sketch that I did, uh, one of the sketches that I did write for that, uh, in that voice made it into our, uh, our run, which I was uh, happy and proud about. Which was that? <laughs> uh, that was the, uh, the sketch called Michelle. It was the robbery sketch. Okay. Yeah. With, um, Ashley. Yeah. 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 Ashley told and, um, uh, Sheila was the was the other. Yeah, yeah that was, was a fun sketch. Other. I enjoyed that one. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was that was one of the because like there's clearly some there's clearly a certain way of talking in that sketch that isn't written for someone who doesn't really talk like that normally. So like it, it was it, it turned out to be a funny thing hearing mm. hearing uh, somebody that's not of color read something in a voice in, in, in a voice that's specifically of color and like it was kind of just like a i don't know kind of loosened the room up a little bit which uh, which was cool and you had ashley doing it and ashley can do pretty much anything so that's fine yeah yeah um i think it's interesting that you mentioned that you tried to change your tone because i would imagine that you were chosen to be part of your team because of you know, what you had submitted, what you had written. And I can't imagine that you would have submitted something that wasn't in your voice to begin with. Right. Right. This is, I don't know. I guess it was just some sort of insecurity I had. Cause like all those, like, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of good writers on my team. Like we've got like standups, like Jake Matero got, um, we've got, we got Tom Hannigan who just moved to Chicago um, we got Megan Getz, who's another fantastic stand-up. We got like a, a bunch of really funny writers. Mm. John Edelman, like a like funny funny writers. And I was like, man, do I belong here? <laughs> like, <laughs> so I was like, oh, let me try to cater to see if I can, you know. Uh, uh. But you know, just what I learned is just be yourself, and that's how you got there. So just keep doing it. <laughs> So tell me, like, uh, don't go into plug mode, but tell me about the the show for the Fringe. Uh, tell me about Real America. Um, Real America is, um, it's almost a, a, a regular American Express comedy show, sketch show, but um, there's a bit of a serious tone in these sketches because they all deal with uh, the things that people of color deal with in in America. That's why it's called real America. Like it's our our real America. The, the America that's real for us. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of uncomfortable uncomfortable uh, interactions. Um, a lot of 
of things that you know you might be might be in the news that you know we're forced to look at that are uncomfortable that you know we're we're gonna make you look at and maybe make fun of them or maybe not yeah <laughs> but yeah it's uh it's a little dark it's a little darker than our usual shows <laughs> that's alright dark's fine but like, I think that's that's Fringe's whole I'm I'm keep in mind like I'm very new to um a lot of this so like from what I understand Fringe shows tend to tend to have a little bit more of an edge to them anyway yeah you can take a little a couple more chances with the tone and everything like everything with Fringe so yeah I'm excited to see it um, and then, uh, as we're wrapping up, because I'm, I'm looking at the time, we've, we've talked a while. Great, <laughs> I love it. Um, two questions I ask everyone at the end. Um, mm. So first, you've been doing this for a while, and even trying to play around with your friends with puppets to you know, and you're you're one of those people that I'm going to say you're too busy. You need to stop doing stuff because um, I feel like you're just everywhere. Like take a night off. <laughs> <laughs> You're on that list to me right now. Uh, <laughs> it's a good list to be on. There. Um, what's something that you've learned from Sketch County that you would pass on to a new writer? Um, I think it would be stay stay true to your voice. You know, don't change don't change your voice to make anybody else feel comfortable. And you know, and I mean that in the simplest of terms. Like, don't write anything that's gonna like hurt anyone's feelings but like the voice that you have is important uh and 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 unique so just make sure that you're being true to yourself when you write because that's that's what people want people don't want to hear something that they could have written they want to hear you yeah i mean presumably steve swan and uh whoever else was in the decision making process chose you for tiny arson because it because you are who you are and your writing reflected that so yeah that's totally totally valid totally fair point and real cliche right but it's like it's the truth man (laughs) well i mean like you don't want to like go into the whole thing of like oh stereotypes are true for a reason but a lot of cliches are like it's perfectly reasonable it's perfectly perfectly fine to think that way like that's a totally valid just because it's a cliche just because it might have been over said or said by a lot of people doesn't mean it's any less true 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 and then finally uh i mean you you talked about being stoned in your basement and just you know making stuff with your friends why do it why is this the way that you spend your your life now like i mean you mentioned being wanting to make a career out of it but at this point where you're it's still not paying all the bills why is comedy how you uh spend your time it's because there's 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 really nothing i'd rather spend my time doing like it's 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 the most rewarding thing to me right now and and looking back looking back throughout uh growing up it's always been the rewarding thing. There's always been the the moment where you had to defuse a fight because you know you about to get beat up, but you use humor to defuse a fight, or you know you you, you spend 
you spend hours in your summer vacation watching Comedy Central uh, stand-up specials at like noon when you could be outside playing with your friends. You know what I mean? Like there's, I don't know, it's just the only, it's, the, it's, it's not the only thing that I'm good at, but it's the thing that I keep coming back to that makes me happy when I do it. So I'm like, why not, why not keep doing it? <laughs> and I appreciate hearing that you spent your summer vacation watching Comedy Central because when I was a kid and we would go down the shore, the place we rent it had cable and we didn't have cable at home. So I spent a lot of my time like down the shore watching Comedy Central like reruns in the middle of the day <laughs> when I should have been, you know, enjoying the beach, which I mean, I don't enjoy the beach to begin with. I don't like sand, but like, you know, like, yeah, I, yeah. County central was a treat for me on vacation. So I, I stupidly wasted my time watching it. Hell yeah. I, hey, look, I'd say it paid off, man. Oh, maybe. <laughs> All right. And I'm sure I'm skipping a bunch of stuff that we can talk about, but you know, there's always a part two at some point. Hey. There's a part two. I'm here for it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, James. Hey, thanks. You can see James and the rest of American Express in Real America at the Philly Improv Theater during the Philly Fringe Festival. American Express also presents... Family Business, which returns to the Fit stage on September 28th at 10 p.m. And his new sketch team, Tiny Arson, should be back in a few months. My first sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. And like my first sketch on Facebook. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy. <laughs>